<laughs> precious. My precious. Or not it down. Not it was spewing about the credential. Not it was too hot. I apologize. <laughs> I can go back to. Yeah. It's okay. I'm going to go back to my not scaring white people voice. Yeah, can you put on your safe for white people? Yeah, that was not safe. That was NSFW, not safe for white people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is this rated? <laughs> You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Check us all out on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. How about somebody stepping up besides Kimba Walker and Tony Parker last night? Jay Lamb. Th- that happened. A game winning shot from Jeremy Lamb. Kimba Walker decides to drive to the paint. Mm-hmm. It's a tie ball game. Mm-hmm. Kicks it out to Jeremy Lamb, close to three point line, and he nails it. And now, Nada, you and I are sitting there next to each other, yes. watching from the same the baseline of the goal that Jeremy Lamb hit the shot. Cute, and it was really cute and yeah, very cute. We saw Jeremy Lamb go to the half court line, and of course, a lot of other Charlotte Hornets were going there, as well as Malik Monk and Bismack Biombo, which is fine. It's fine to celebrate, except there was still time left on the clock. Yeah, and it's, fine. No- it's fine if you're checked into the game, and you're checked into the game, and not sitting on the bench at that moment. So Bismack kind of has sidestepped all of this because he doesn't do the Malik dance. He doesn't do the windmill dance that Malik was doing as he walks out onto the court. And, and it's also, Biz. And he also doesn't get smacked upside the head by maybe the greatest player of all time. And so because of all that, Malik Monk has been the scapegoat, but probably deserves a lot of this blame. But at least the Charlotte Hornets come out with the victory. It was a wild, wild three-tenths of a second and certainly the last possession for the Hornets. Are you saying the goat made him the scapegoat? I think you did. Yes. I think you had just helped me wander into that. I Malik Monk getting smacked. Like I didn't know if Michael was playing too. What I love about that clip is for the first, I think for even, he only smacked him twice. I think for the first couple of smacks that you see, it doesn't seem like Michael Jordan is playing, but then at the end of it all, you see he and Malik Monk both smiling. Yeah. But I didn't know whether he was playing or not for a solid, I don't know, 30 seconds of that. No, the funny thing is you could tell it's not the first time he's probably had to do that and go upside Malik's head. (laughs) Now, the sad part about this all is that Michael Jordan had to release a statement saying that there was no malice involved. Oh, my God. Are we getting that soft, people? And I'm not usually that guy. Are we getting that soft to where— These are super liberal boys talking about this. Like, hey, are we getting that soft on this? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, me and Michael, it's it's hilarious to see Michael smack this guy upside the head. And it's funny to see Malik Monk and Michael both smiling after the fact. Like, it seemed like a joke after the fact. Not the first time that he's done this, right. and not the first time that it was captured on camera. He did this to Jeremy Lamb while Lamb was sitting on the bench, I believe <laughs> last season, but not in a high pro this was high profile because of the way the game ended and the strangeness of it. So of course he had to release a statement. That's listen, that's the environment that we were in. I would have been highly surprised if he did not escape that. And I and I think it's good that he got out in front of it and just said, Hey, we're just 
joshing around. <laughs> it's okay. Everything's cool. I'm still the greatest. So what you're telling me is that a year from now, Malik Monk is going to hit a game-winning bucket against a team in particular, and this is all just going to cycle. And then whatever rookie, whatever boneheaded guy, maybe not a rookie, but whatever boneheaded young player on the roster at that point, he's going to do something to get smacked upside the head by Michael Jordan once again. Yeah, my money is on Devontae Graham doing that. On hitting a game-winning shot? No. Uh, on on him oh, running, on on running out on the court. Yeah, I could see Devontae. But that's the thing. It's hilarious. If you were to say who are two players that Michael Jordan was angry enough or at least jokingly angry enough to smack, I would say it would be Jeremy Lamb and Malik Monk. Those would be the first two names that come to mind for me. Just looking at Jeremy Lamb, what he's been in the past and what Malik Monk is now, those would be my two guesses. Well, they play his position so he can most relate to them. I'm surprised he didn't smack him upside the head for the decision-making before all of this melee started because Malik Monk turning the ball over mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a crucial situation after he had just scored a few buckets almost killed that comeback. Yeah, no, that, that was the set. That was the funny thing. Like he showed you decent progress that in, in that third quarter and then it all went away. And thankfully, Tony Parker came to the rescue in the third quarter and then Kemba and the defense came to the rescue in the fourth. You really do have to wonder where this team would be without Tony Parker. I know we talked about this with Doug the other day. Doug was putting about a five-loss tab on them without Tony Parker. And I you know, I agree. It's He's been amazing for them. I, not, only, not only has he just been a competent backup point guard, which is what this team needed. They didn't have one the last couple of years. Just an average. Just a guy that you can go out there and not wince when Kimba Walker goes to the bench. That's what you needed. But Tony Parker has been every bit of that and way more. No, yes. 16 points for him last night on five of nine shooting, goes to the free throw line and misses uh, only one out of his seven attempts. And just you look at his assist to turnover ratio, it's top 10 in the NBA. Assist to turnover ratio, chicks dig it, it's sexy. And here's Tony Parker being sexy in a Hornets uniform. I, I'm, I'm going to let you, again, you can have Lonely Island with that. I will just say this. I will say this. The fact that he was able to just, he knew I want to say about the eight, seven minute mark. He's like, okay, Pistons have five fouls. They have to guard me all the way to the bucket. I'm just going to start drawing fouls. And if I'm not going to start drawing fouls, I'm going to start getting layups. Hey, let's give it up to the uh, Detroit Pistons who decided in the fourth quarter that giving the basketball to Blake Griffin for a back down 15 straight possessions was good offense. Yeah, Blake was doing well in that first quarter. I believe he had 11 when he yeah. sat down. He certainly had a lot of points in the first quarter and then sat out for quite a while in that, uh, I believe, in the third quarter, maybe early in the fourth, he was able to come back on. Um, or, excuse me, maybe early in the fourth and then later in the fourth was able to come back on to close out that game for Detroit. But you're right. I mean, Blake did get the ball quite a bit down low. And Kimba Walker, I think, did a good job of going down there and just being a pest, kind of batting at that ball. And there was one steal in particular. It reminds you of the Michael Jordan against Karl Malone in Game 6, right? I mean, that's... The Ironically, thing. they talk about it, too, because didn't you... I thought you tweeted out that... I did tweet about it. Yeah, that uh, he t- said Michael apparently told him to swipe down. Oh, if Michael did it, then... I had no clue. I didn't know I was so right in my analysis. Swipe down, swipe left, swipe right. Who cares? If you know what's coming, it's easier to play defense. I think Detroit lost that game. I mean, kudos to the Hornets for knocking down shots. Lamb putting up the prayer. That's amazing. But to me, Detroit lost this game completely and and gifted the Hornets a victory. Yeah, they did not perform all that well. 14 points in the last quarter of this game after going for 38. It was an awful third quarter for Charlotte. Yes, 
And we all we both thought the game was going to be over because they played so poorly. And without MKG, they needed a lot better defense. And you didn't know if you could get that kind of ceiling, what they exhibited out there in yeah. the last quarter of this game. You didn't know you could get that, at least for me, without MKG out there on the court. But sure enough, they displayed it. And Doug brings up the, the back down offense. It looked a lot like Dwight was doing with us last year. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, it was it was like at some point you were like, okay, thank God. You got nervous because you thought Blake would hit another shot, make again, draw another foul, get to the get to the line. And then Blake missing those two free throws. And then you, you look at what Andre Drummond did last night. He killed the Charlotte Hornets on the boards last game. I think 22 and all for him, 23 points. Much better job on him this game. In his 32 minutes, he only had 14 points and he had 13 rebounds. So still 13, quite a bit. But when you have that elite level rebounder in the NBA, you held him to nine less what he got in the first game against you and nine less points for what he got you in that first game, then I think that was something that certainly helped the Charlotte Hornets get this victory. So We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing, heat on demand at the touch of a button. It is perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or anybody that hates being cold. Action Heat apparel includes heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm, even in the most frigid winter weather. They have heated clothes for every budget starting at $40. We've got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off of your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We'll be back with more. Did Kimba make the right decision? Jeremy Lamb made the right shot, but is that something he should do going forward? We'll take a quick break and come back with more here next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I saw one horror Christmas film in my entire life, at least that I can think of, and it was for film class, and it was about an evil Santa Claus. So it was like Krampus. It actually was Santa Claus with uh, Tim Allen. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. A quick stat for you guys. Uh, three-pointers made battle. Uh, that went to Detroit. They made 13 three-pointers. The Hornets made nine. Take that, Greg Popovich. Uh, I knew. You just got you got your axe to grind, man. Come on. You can't be doing that, Doug. I'm scrolling through Twitter. Mm-mm. And Stephen A. Smith has been somebody that's kind of lost it ever since he lost to Will Kane in that battle with the Dallas Cowboys last week. Like Dan Levitard has put this on full blast where Stephen A. Smith, he's been reeling a little bit. He's been Mm -hmm. shaken up. Seems a little shook right now. Stephen A., the greatest of all time, seems a little shook. And so today on First Take, when discussing what the keys of tonight's game is against the Chiefs and the Chargers between that matchup, he first he says that you're going to have to watch out for Spencer Ware, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, that that's going to be pretty much the X factor. Spencer Ware is not playing tonight. So he gets called out on that, and then he decides to go into a different area and says, 
watch out for Derek Johnson. (laughs) Who doesn't play anymore, right? It's an old NFL player for the Kansas City Chiefs. So Derek Johnson no longer on the team, and so I'm scrolling through Twitter. Watch out for him. If he decides (laughs) to suddenly join the team, he could be the X Factor. Stephen A. Smith seems a little shook, right? And so now the Chargers, the official team account, they tweeted out something and said, update, LaDainian Tomlinson, Dan Fouts, and Lance Allworth are all out for tonight. L.A. Oh. versus K.C. Stephen A., man. I mean, have you ever seen Stephen A. be the victim? And just not even for this stretch of time, but have you ever seen Stephen A. be the victim, be the butt of a joke for this long of a time? I feel for Stephen A. because I am a fan. I respect the hustle that he brings, but it seems like he has been reeling. People are, Will Kane's putting his feet up on Stephen A.'s desk with the with the ocean view. It's bad stuff going on for Stephen A. right now. Are, you calling, Rick, are you calling Will Kane? Rick James, and he's just grinding the feet, his muddy boots into the couch? Uh, I'm not saying that you are, but I don't have a problem with your example. Okay. He needs an MJ smack in the back of the head, I think. I think I, he needs something to get him right, because Stephen A. Smith, he's really struggling. Thanks for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do. And that's make more sales. So Jeremy Lamb, we haven't seen that in a while, guys. When, like the last time we saw a game-winning shot for the Charlotte Hornets in that kind of fashion. It's been a long time. So two victories in a row for them as far as the one possession games go. They had been 2-20. and 20. We all know mm-hmm. about that stat. It seems like I feel like we need one more to get rid of it completely almost. No, 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 no. no. I'm tired of talking about it. I know I'm you're tired, tired of, of talking, talking about it. it. It's still a jarring stat, but I feel like we're trying to break that mold. We're trying to get away from it. Jeremy Lamb helps us out. So in that last play, Kimba, I want to talk about the possession, maybe two possessions before. When Kimba drives to the lane, Mm -hmm. he's looking for a bucket. He goes inside the paint, and he gets fouled. And we've talked about this a couple of times on the show, except it hasn't worked out for the Charlotte Hornets. This time it did. Kimba got fouled. It seemed like he was looking for the call rather than looking to make the shot. But he does get fouled. He goes to the free throw line. He hits one of two. It's one of the few free throws that he missed. But he hits one of two. And then you see on the last possession of the game, Mm -hmm. Kimba Walker driving, looking to – I'm not going to say he has the tunnel vision because he kicked it out to Jeremy. It looked like he wanted to take over, which is fine. That's your star player. You see that all the time. looked like he was going to the basket again. Mm Mm-hmm. A couple bodies, they appear in front of him, he kicks it out to Jeremy Lamb, and Jeremy Lamb hits it. I will always be an advocate for Kimba or any other star player kicking out to a shot to an NBA player, a guy who actually has made it and been good enough at basketball to make it to the highest of leagues in all the world. Okay, I'm always going to be an advocate for the star player to kick it out to that guy to shoot. Even if maybe that they need to earn the trust a little bit more, I'm always going to say that's the right basketball play. And I love Kemba for trusting his teammate in that situation. And you've seen him get bailed out a couple of times and seen him not get bailed out a couple of times. I'm glad it didn't have to come to that on the last possession. Yeah, I go back to that Oklahoma City game where he kicked it out to Marvin. Marvin misses, and and there were several opportunities to win that game where he was trusting his teammates, and they just weren't coming through for him. So it's nice to see that in that situation, he recognizes the double team is there. He learned from that previous possession that Detroit was going to key in on him, and and he got it to to Jeremy Lamb, and Lamb hit it. So, yeah, it's good. I mean, look, you you see this happen all the time in like a one-game sample where a player understands that the defense is keying in on him, and so he tries to get other people involved. That's what Kimba needs to do over the course of these 
you know, one possession games, get others involved so that the defense has to respect the rest of the team. And then it's on the rest of the team to knock down the shots. Yeah. Yes. And I know we talked about it Walker on Tuesday where we said that the next step in the evolution of Jeremy Lamb was going to be, okay, you need to hit these big shots in the fourth quarter. Step one was taken last night. He's hit one at least now. If that starts him and gets him more forward momentum, it's going to make that contract uh, question with Jeremy Lamb just that much harder. And for, for an off-balance shot, it was yeah. such a clean it was contested. shot. It was contested. Well, yeah, you're right. Like, it was tough, man. Like, that thing went right through the hoop, and it was tough. But I just watching the replay, it was so impressive how he gets his body turned back around, squared up to the basket before he takes the shot. Off-balance, guy in his face. I mean, I'm, I was just really impressed with that shot by Lamb. Well, and Kimba coming alive in the fourth quarter. I mean, he had been pretty bad that entire game, certainly efficiency-wise, right? Like, you look at the assist, and that's something Kimba really was getting some guys involved in the game. He had nine assists in this one. He flirted with a triple-double, eight rebounds, nine assists, and he did have the 31 points, and that fourth-quarter explosion really helped him get that. So Kimba brings him back in this game, and I'm not here to clown on Kimba for continuing to drive to the paint. But we've discussed this before. I I just would like to look for different shots. And so I was looking at what his field goal percentage was with inside five feet this season, where it's compared to him in in years past, and how many block shots that he's had against him. It looks like he's on his way to have a career high in block shots against him. He's at 46 right now Mm -hmm. within the amount of games that they've played, and he's shooting 50% from inside five feet. Now, that's not too far down from the field goal percentage that he's had the last couple of seasons inside five feet, but he is going to set a record, at least a personal record, for the most shots blocked against him, and I find that interesting. It means he's going to the hoop more, but also it goes to show you that these guys are being able to put a hand on it. He's just so small. He does a good job of getting it off sometimes, but he's so small that it's inevitable you're going to see some swats. Yeah, you're inevitably going to see some swats, but more importantly, I guess, the other thing is maybe I'm not sure. Again, he's on pace for it right now. I'm not sure as the season drags on, we get into January, February, that at some point we may see that tail off a little bit because he's going to start shooting more jumpers. Yeah. He's going to have to switch up his game because everybody knows the first thing he's trying to do is get to the paint. Let me tell you, Walker, what's bothering you. Because oh, I, hear it. I figured it out. Because, look, the result is a W, and, and Kimba passes the ball, and yet I feel like you're still troubled by that possession, and I think I know why. All right, why is that? Because Kimba basically had to bail out of what you feel like the initial play call was. No, you're absolutely right about this. And so what you're upset about is that it seems like the plan at the end of games is still give it to Kimba. Like on the on the board that they use, the little, you know coach's board, it's just Kimba, the, the number one, and a squiggly line towards the basket. That there's still that that's the play call. There is no there's no set, there's no movement, there's no idea of what to do if the defense keys in on Kimba, except Kimba throws a prayer of a pass to Jeremy Lamb and hope that Lamb can hit it. Yeah. So that's the Bel Air Academy offense, basically. <laughs> that's right. It's 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 played on the home court where the three pointer is really at the half court line. Mm-hmm. And and be I, I love that. I love to I want to talk about that for a second. Like watching that episode of Will Smith play basketball and he doesn't get the scholarship because he loses the game despite putting up like 50 against Malibu prep. Like he doesn't get the scholarship because he loses and he has to give it to the guy that has a kid in high school. Like literally. And he's feeling bad the whole time. Like he's got literally some sort of guilt to that. Like again, he doesn't (laughs) deserve the scholarship. That's my hot take. That's my Will Smith hot take. He does not deserve that scholarship because if you don't have the killer mentality, the Russell Westbrook in you to take that man's again, deprive that man's family of a future. 
then you don't deserve a scholarship. Yeah, I just I have a problem with them not giving him a scholarship, man. I mean, he was an absolute baller. You don't in that deserve day. it. He does deserve it. Just because you don't have a killer mentality, are we going to hate on LeBron now? Will Smith is the LeBron you of Fresh Prince of Bel Air basketball. He deserved to get a scholarship, and just because he felt the goodness in his heart to allow that guy to win the game. I don't think that should prohibit him from being offered free money to go over there to school. But anyways, back to Charlotte Hornets. Looking at that particular play call, driving down the lane, seeing a couple of bodies in front of him, and then Kimba almost, he gets bailed out, but almost, like he has no other option but to pass. I'm not saying he doesn't trust his teammates. In Oklahoma City, he very willingly passed to Marvin Williams. I don't and, he hate on Kim- and he got burned. And he got burned. I understand that. I understand that. I still feel like that's the same. That's the right play. How many times have we seen Kimba at the end of game situations go in the paint and it not work out for this team? That's very true. The one thing I would say is if he starts not doing that, how soon is it before everybody around here starts talking about Kemba's afraid of the big moment? The biggest lie that Nada ever tells is the one thing I will say because we know there are more things to come. There are more things that he will say. It's <laughs> the, the one it, thing I'll say? Yeah, he always says That's the one. That's not a phrase. It is, and it's the biggest lie he tells. <laughs> That's the, Every the, show he tells this lie that he will say one thing and one thing only, <laughs> and he always has something else to say. I never missed you. Go back to your hole, Branson. So when you look at what Kimball keeps doing here, I mean, is that a problem to you? Is it just a problem to me? I, I just don't like the shot selection. I, I understand he kicked it out to Jeremy. I guess you're right, Doug, is that I do think that the play was for him to go in the, in, into the basket and try to get a point-blank shot up. And I just don't know how I feel about whether that would have worked or not. He's a willing passer. He had nine assists last night. This is any hate on Kimba. I just don't love the design at the end of these games, but it worked out. Jeremy, to your credit, I mean, that was a tough shot Jeremy hit. That's not exactly a look that I'm drawing up for a game-winning shot. And I think it was incredibly creative play design to get nine players on the court. <laughs> I mean, that's my, it's crazy outside-the-box thinking by Borrego. What would you do if Michael Jordan smacked you upside the head? Would you feel honored? Would you want to fight? Does Never it wash my head again. Yeah, is that, is that the angle yes, that you take? Yes, uh, please, may I have another? Yeah, can I, can I get another smack, Michael? You know who is good at basketball? <laughs> Michael Jordan. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. And I'm, I have plenty of hurricane snacks. Went out and bought some Chex Mix. <laughs> yeah. Which What kind of Chex Mix? This savory, it was a savory Chex Mix. There's you're a an, lot you're, of cheese going on in that Chex oh, Mix. You're an expert on Chex Mix, correct, right? Well, I, just I'm, trail mix. I'm very particular about my trail mix. I'm what not as particular, particular about, about my check, Chex Mix. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I think uh, the thing I love about that is I feel like that drop, that transition that we play, that's the most in-depth we go where I feel like there is some genuine seriousness going on with that discussion where the other ones were kind of clowning around. We are trying to figure out the love that Doug has for his checks mix and what the preference is, why. I feel like we're all general, like we're really going for the the Sherlock approach of trying to figure out what it is that Doug likes so much about checks mix. I don't take anything in this world as seriously as I do my opinions on food. And that's what we were trying to figure it out. We were trying to figure out why. And your popcorn and Sour, sour Patch Kids take, I mean, there, there have been some bad food takes from you, but I was Horrific. Genu- I was genuinely interested in what your Chex Mix takes were. 
and why you like certain topics or certain uh, bags over the other. I'm an open book. Keep asking. <laughs> we will do. No, some of us really don't want to know. <laughs> Especially if it has anything to do with the Sour Patch Kids and the popcorn. So Rick Bennell comes out with an exclusive. Mm-hmm. That longtime Hornets TV personality, Stephanie Reddy, she's going to be leaving. So it looks like Saturday against the Los Angeles Lakers, that's going to be her last broadcast, a part of Fox Sports Southeast alongside Eric Collins and Del Curry. We had seen Stephanie Reddy in a three-man booth in the analyst role before yes. last season. She goes back to the sideline reporter, and you've seen her fill in for Dell when Dell was not able to be the color analyst alongside Eric Collins. So you've seen Stephanie every once in a while step into the booth, even when she got put back on the sideline reporter. And you've seen her host some things inside the Spectrum Center as far as the studio goes when they do the post-game show. So that's what you've seen from Stephanie Reddy. And Stephanie Reddy's been a big part of all the Charlotte Hornets broadcasts that you've seen the last few years. And uh, the big thing about Stephanie Reddy, I know, certain again, for certain folks, she's not your flavor. But for me, I thought she was one of the most informative analysts that Fox Sports South could have had. And quite honestly, that broadcast is going to miss her tremendously. I think there's a giant gaping hole in Fox Sports Southeast if you're willing to pay me. I'm willing to go down there. Yeah. <laughs> All of us going to be trying to ap- apply for that job. I wouldn't mind having that one. He'll only have one thing to say, though. Don't worry. I, the only thing I have to say about Stephanie Reddy is that she's awesome. That's the only thing I have to say. Uh, I think it was a great uh, scoop by our guy, Rick Bennell. Ricky B. Great scoop, but I think he really dropped the ball not using the ready-to-go headline. That would have been good. Well, he been. doesn't really control the headlines, but I need no. to call the observer. Yeah, have you ever seen any writer say that before? Every writer, I feel like. Has I know, they, that they don't control once. the headlines. Right. But he didn't get it. You know, he could have snuck that in there somewhere. <laughs> there hey, you go. Hey, uh, what's it? It's Mike Person, right? That's is that Persinger, who, yeah. yeah, Persinger. Thank you. It's like, hey, Persinger, I got a little headline for you. It might just work out for you. The thing I think about Stephanie Reddy is, I think Stephanie Reddy is just crazy versatile. Yeah. And I don't know if you see that. I mean, how many times do you see somebody that is a sideline reporter at that high of a level, mm-hmm. and then go back and forth as far as an analyst? Like you, you, you see, that's that's kind of the step up that you take to the analyst job is the sideline reporter, and then you become the analyst. And we see that a bunch of times. Jay Billis just tweeted out a video of him being a sideline reporter talking to high school LeBron, and now of course he's both one of the had best. hair. Yeah, both had hair, and now Jay Billis is one of the best analysts of any, in my opinion, in, in yeah. any sport out there. But Stephanie Reddy, it's it's tough, man. Like that's a tough job to be able to have to go back and forth between being a color analyst and being a sideline reporter. And the fact that she was versatile enough to pull both of those jobs and do it well, it, this broadcast is absolutely going to miss Stephanie Reddy. And the other thing I'll say, these fans loved her. I and mean, I, I didn't see a bad thing written about her, to be honest with you, as far as Hornets Twitter goes and any of the fans that are fans of the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I'm not sure the three-person booth that they experimented with worked necessarily and and I knew that one or I felt like once they moved Steph out of the booth that it was only a matter of time that this would happen because she's been doing things for NBA she does a lot of the the broadcast for the VR presentations so she she, you know she obviously is skyrocketing her her uh, career so I I just feel like she's she's going to do great things and the other thing that I think the the Hornets broadcast will miss that you don't really see is the information that she'll bring off air you know, because these guys are all working together to to call information and to provide analysis that will eventually go on the broadcast before the broadcast starts. And what you're losing when when Steph goes away is are those anecdotes that she may not say, 
but that make it onto the broadcast. So I wonder who steps in for her, maybe Ashley Shamdi. I, I don't think we've gotten any kind of details on this because Stephanie Reddy hasn't been at liberty to express any details, but we do know that she's done work for Turner before, mm-hmm. and we do know that they have a plethora of talent, and they might just be moving up. And so I'm interested to see if Turner is indeed the outlet that she's going to. And I wonder if Ashley Shamdi, who has been the um, studio host, host. Yeah, she's been the studio host for all the home games. So I wonder if she steps into that role. Whoever's ready and willing. No. Absolutely. And by the way, three man. (laughs) No. (laughs) And by the way, anyway. Come on! No, it's fine. I would give you the Hakeem Nicks laugh on that. I think. (laughs) And then you just mentioned. You just give it to yourself. (laughs) Well, you said I could do it. No, I, I think that's fine. I have no problem with your headline. I have no problem with your headline. But just the three-man booth, it just – I don't any medium. Any medium, three-man shows, three-man booths, this don't work. They're brutal. They're awful. Horrible. I can't stand them. Thanks for listening to Locked on Hornets here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked on Hornets. We'll be back with you on Friday.